Dystopia tonight. Testing, test, testing on the podcast. We're testing live. That's not I, too bad. I think you're good right there. A little bit of a weird thing going the on. Fan in the is on, on my. Right. <laughs> it's a 1937 Corona Cola. Uh, <laughs> It's the next model after the one that used to print out that information for Superman and that old TV show. <laughs> yeah, they were like, like, oh, a, Jimmy is yeah. in trouble. <laughs> and then by the time it printed out, he was dead. And he was like, fuck, I wish I yeah. could have done something. Oh, man. I remember when Memory Writers came out. And we were like, oh, my God. The thing. Do you know what those are? I remember. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't have one, or but I knew what one was. Yeah. Yeah. They were the next step after typewriter. And all they right. did was remember like one word at a time yeah. that was the memory and you could erase the word that you just wrote that you just yes. fucked. and, and it made like it. a weird noise too right somebody had one where where it would like if it if you wanted to uh do the memory thing it would make like a like almost like a high-pitched beat or whatever like if you wanted to add it right yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's weird coming back because we're kind of like you and me are the sort of generation that segued into computers mm -hmm. but it wasn't immediate like we didn't we weren't no. born with them yeah. I imagine. I remember and, when I was a kid, we had when we actually first when my school first got Macintosh, like yeah. that was a huge fucking deal. And apparently they, yeah. like I remember them even like I mean just the teachers talking about the money spent. And I was just like, <laughs> what is the big deal? And it was like this new thing. And yeah, it was it was a it was a learning curve too, I guess. Yeah, that that was pretty much my freshman year in college, and then suddenly, and it happened real quick. Like it went from you got your stupid memory writer or you handwrite your assignments to everything's on yeah. computer. Go to the computer lab. Everything's computer. And you need a code and you got to get in and you got to learn the mouse. And it was, right. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's so weird, man. It was so fucking weird. We still have that. Were you getting that buzz, Tom? We can. Shoot. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I think we can still fix that. I mean, this is, this is just par for the course. Uh, it's part of dystopia. We have a bunch of people dystopia. tuning in. Your life up to this point, or just this this audio problem? Uh, a little bit of both. I think I like to combine the two. It's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. The I think it's just uh, our audience is hearing it because they're saying, "Hey guys, the audio is craggling." We're definitely gonna fix this. We're gonna. Yeah. Just, yeah. We, what right? you, I mean, I have a fan that's going in my. I don't know. Ted, can right. you come back in and out of the room? Because I figured yeah, hold that... on. We're gonna... sure. Yeah, let's do that. Let's How do I do that? Right back. So just exit on the bottom real quick. I got you. I got you. Just come okay. right back. There we go. Okay. All right. It's just us right now. Hey, Lindsay N. That's better? Is it getting better? Yeah, right. there let's we go. Talk to us, guys. We appreciate you being here with us. We're excited. We actually have a puppeteer on with us this evening, and he's going to be right back with us, the incredible Ted Michaels. Yes. John is uh, – I, I, was, I was wondering what you were doing because you had your think face on there for a second. Oh, yeah. You know what? I was just trying to check and see if it was – I mean, it, it's definitely not us. I was going to mute myself for like half a second. No, this, this sure. is how I know it's not us is because we were able to check this. Okay, great. Hey, we appreciate you checking in late night from Scotland. Hey, very nice. I wonder where everybody, Cyborg, where are you from? And uh, Sunlightshire, Sunlightshire, where are you from as well? I'm dying to know where everybody is checking in from. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Cassowary told us before. Cassowary has right. Cassowary yeah, is, Cassowary is the only. Cassowary, Cassowary is, is the reason I found out what Cassowaries are. Oh, they're fucking. You badass, taught me, man. and then I, I went to go see one in a zoo. Actually, you know what I want to know? Why did you name yourself? uh cassowary that's an interesting that's a very specific like i does he does he herd them does he own them does he we're, we're gonna ask him them? more of this in a little yeah, bit don't go anywhere cyborg cassowary and ted's back let's try and get him uh 
Sounding good. Sounding yeah, I good. Cassowary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We have a we have a viewer that's uh named Cyborg Cassowary, and I kind of want to dig into like, you know, why cassowary cassowaries are fucking awesome. Are they a bird of prey? They are they are they, they they're like these massive they're basically like they look like something out of Jurassic Park, dude. They're these they're basically they are prehistoric, aren't they? Aren't they haven't yeah. they been around for fucking ever? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they also like have this crazy ass like claw, you know, right. on their foot or whatever. And I've seen there's a video of one. We talk about this all the time. I have yet to post the video, uh, where you know, people have gone into like their cages with police shields, and one of the birds like split the fucking shield one time when it oh, kicked shit. it. Yeah, they're nuts, man. And they make this crazy, like raptor-like noise. I think they actually use cassowaries in Jurassic Park for some sounds. Really? Oh, yeah, that's perfect now. That's cool. They're just scary. Like uh, I, we just got a new puppy, and he's you know he's only like this big, mm-hmm. and we live in the desert. We live out in Joshua Tree now, oh, and nice. uh, so I googled you know are there any threats to little dogs out in the and of course there's uh, coyotes. You got to watch yep. out for them. But yep. the other thing they said was watch out for the great horned owl. Oh the shit! Owl can pick up things that are up to like eight pounds. And I'm like, oh, my God, my dogs hate pounds. So, <laughs> I'm like looking out for great horned owls, you know. Yeah. So, suddenly, suddenly you, you had to add something to your enemies list you never thought you would before. <laughs> right? Yeah. Never. And it, that's the power of Google to ruin your life of, uh, yeah. you know, ignorance really is bliss. Um, I love Joshua Tree, though, dude. When I, That was one of the when, when I lived in California before I had left. When I was coming home, my friends came out to visit me and we went to the Sequoias, we went to Joshua Tree uh and we just had a fucking blast doing all those places it's, it's cool yeah. it's uh there's a and there's a great artist community out here and uh people are nicer in rural areas you know than city you know all the stereotypes are true and it's yeah kind of cool. it's cool to have a community that's you know different I, than la i think i may have killed a father and son uh, I'm confessing now on the air. Uh, and that's Josh, a big crime. Me. That's a yeah. huge crime, John. And you know what? We're trying to <laughs> yeah, here's, 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 to cover up for you on this. Here's the Double thing. homicide. At this point, we're just trying to get ratings and views. So I'm coming okay. out with everything. I'm just coming right, out. Right. No, so my friend and I... You're actually in jail, in prison. Your ratings <laughs> have gone up. You've, all the good stuff will have happened. Yeah. I'll, still I'll, expect- I'll pipe them in just like Joe Exotica after the Tiger gig. Exactly. I was, I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say they'll still expect me to do this show in jail anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But it's you know, it's, no, it's crazy. So we went up to we went up to um. I can't remember what the name. We 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 like hiked up this like mini mountain. I think it was like seven thousand feet elevation, whatever it is. So we wanted to see the sunset. So we're like, oh, let's go up there. We'll do the Joshua Tree thing. And there was this father and son who had just come back from that. Uh, Bob Dylan McCartney thing that was going on at the time, the desert, whatever it was. Right. right. So they were not hiking ready. Like these, this, these two dudes, like yeah. I'm telling you, they were it like, and, they were, and also if you go to that concert, you're fucking loaded. Cause they were like not cheap tickets. Right. Yeah. So father and son, it's an Indian family or whatever. And, uh, and they, they're dressed in a button down shirt. I swear to fucking God, khaki, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the whole thing and, and whatever. So they get up there. So me and my friends are all in hiking gear and shit. And we're like waiting for the sunset to come down. And I don't know why, like, in spite of how I look, I just have one of those faces that says, talk to me. So immediately the, 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 the dad just thinks I know shit. So he's just like, he's like, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I would do an Indian accent, but I feel like that's going to get me canceled immediately. So now I'm like trepidatious about it, but eh, whatever. So anyway, so, but he was just, he had the camera and he was just like, he's like, uh, uh, what did he, he goes, he goes, do you know, do you know how dark it gets? You know, when it, when it comes in here and I was like, oh, it gets pretty fucking dark, dude. Like, 
like I was like, I was like, we're we're outside, we're on top of a mountain, you know. I mean, it gets it gets yeah. pretty dark. And I go, but and he goes, he goes, will we not be able to see going down the going down the mountain or whatever? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you got moonlight, you know what I mean? Like you're you're gonna be fine. Like I'm like, do you want to stay for the sunset? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, well, Tom, did you know what the phase of the moon we were in at that moment? Yeah, no, I didn't. That was another thing, too. Moonrise, what? There's a lot of factors with moonlight. You can't just yeah. throw around moonlight <laughs> I know, exactly. any old time. Exactly. So I was, but, but I was also like, you know, my friends and I have been going to all these places and hiking and all this shit. So I was like, oh, no, we, I'm like, we don't really have flashlights. You know what I mean? We have our phones. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm like, with the moon and everything, you'll be fucking fine. <laughs> so then, uh, moon, so then uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, you'll be fine. So then we, I can hear, I can still hear them talking, right? And this, this dad is just berating his fucking son. Like, uh, cause his son's like, I don't think we should stay. I don't want to stay. I, I, I like, I'm scared. And he's like, what do you, he's like, why don't you be a man? What do you have to be afraid um, of? Uh, I, and I'm like, and now I'm like, oh my God, I started this fucking wild ass argument now with his father and son. Um, so I, and th there's nobody else but us up there. You know what I mean? Like it's me and my friends yeah. and then there's two of them. So then, uh, so then he goes, you know what you're really afraid of? And I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking good. So then I kind of like lean in and he's like, you're afraid of the coyotes or whatever. And I was like, that's hilarious. And his son's like, I am. I am afraid of the coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, so I was like, oh my God, he's seriously afraid of coyotes. You know what I mean? And they're, he's, they're not eight pounds. So I'm just like fucking dying hilarious. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. They'll have a great time walking down. So sun sets and my friends and I, just we we hauled ass up that mountain and we we're like hungry so we we're like we're gonna get some eat we fucking made it down literally before the complete set of the sun and then i turned the around out of the that. sun yeah i don't know yeah that's a weird way to say it that's how you say it that's how you that's <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and edit yeah. it and then i'm just gonna have like the setting of the sun. like it's gonna be weird audio dubbing. there's half set there's quarter set and there's <laughs> the complete set of the sun <laughs> i'm something of a scientist i don't know if you know um <laughs> So, so, but I, but I did this thing where like, we get down, it's all done. And I kind of turned around to look at the mountain pitch fucking yeah. black. And I was yeah. like, there's no way they're making it down that. Yeah, no, no moon. John. There's yeah. no moon. So that's why I think, you know, I was probably, I probably, you know, did, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. If well, I think I like to think that in their last moments, their last breaths, they, they reconciled. And the father <laughs> said something like, you're not a wimp, son. You're not a wimp. <laughs> and then they died. And then they froze to death holding each other. Yeah, they, froze they holding bonded each other. over their hatred of you for not allowing them to have yeah. any lights. That would have been... That's how I bring people together. They don't know. I do this. I provide a service. That was the other thing, too. I was like, they had this giant camera. I'm like, well, at least they can take flash. I was like rationalizing on the way home. Like, they can take flashes of the trail. You know what I mean? And kind of inch their way down. No, they're dead. Well, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you should have told them your chances of survival are slim. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you guys saw that kick-ass fucking concert. I'm sorry you couldn't hear Dylan. Uh, yeah. but nobody can hear Dylan, so it doesn't. I don't. Matter. I think if you turn back even right now, your chances are slim for survival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sir, judging by the look of you, even in broad daylight, I don't know. Even right now, yeah. yeah. I'm hearing. I don't, I'm not sure you're alive right at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> We do get a lot of like missing people out here. You know, every national park, you know, you ever if you go on YouTube and you just put in national park missing people, yeah, it's endless. Like people just walk off and don't come back. Right. Have you been to the sequoias? I have, yeah. 
I, it was our first time. It was my first time there. It was my friend's first time there. And, but they go on these, like her and her sister travel all over the fucking place and go crazy, crazy places all, all the time. It's like really awesome. So they're yeah. kind of used to doing whatever. And I don't mind. I, I like going hiking and all this shit, but I was not prepared for the clouds that meet you at the top whenever uh, okay. they want. And then, yeah. so like we, we climbed, uh, um, I don't know what what the elevation was. It was it was another. It was like ten thousand something like that. But it's fucking great, man. The views were beautiful, and then these clouds came up, and it was sick. And I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. I've never done it like this. Not thinking, I we have to drive back down in cloud cover. Yeah. And I I swear to God, dude, I thought we were. I was like, how many in my head? I was like, how many people fucking veer off the edge of this shit? Yeah. And my my sister's friend was driving, and I. I th- we were all switching shifts. So it was her turn to drive. I didn't realize the cloud cover, blah, blah, blah. But I also didn't want to make her nervous and be like, I don't trust you. She did a great job, by the way. But then we get down to the bottom finally through all that shit. And she's like, yeah, sometimes I was just guessing where the edge of the road was. And I was like, are you fucking yeah. serious? Like, but yeah, that was it. Yeah, I came back. They and nothing. None of this makes the news. Like they don't. The news is not. There was a snowy night on a mountain. You know, because every fucking day. And I was coming back from Tahoe, and uh, it was like a whiteout blizzard. And I, I was like driving my car. My car, which is like a rear wheel drive car, mm-hmm. no, you know, special four wheel drive anything. And yeah, I was just like, where is the road? This is like yeah. a whiteout situation. And I didn't want to stop. Because I thought, well, then I'm, you know, going to have to eat somebody or what, you know. And then <laughs> here, and this is absolutely true. When I was driving, one of the signs that I could make out said Donner Pass. Wow. I was on oh, fucking Donner Pass, oh, and I was fuck. like, "This is why. This is why this happened. This tragedy." Yeah. Wow. That- and and when I and I was driving, and I was like, I had this one. CD on a loop because I was so nervous about going off the road that I wouldn't, I couldn't change the CD. I couldn't right. change the CD. This is like, you know, 15 years ago when that was what, what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember that I can't listen to that music to this day. Wow. Because I get nervous. And then I thought, well, this is going to be on all the news, you know, this storm, this whiteout storm. And of course, it's like, no, this happens like every other week. Yeah. Pass. Yeah, it's so weird what's normal. And we stopped at this one. You know what's crazy is the food around those areas is actually really good, right? There was a, I, I thought it was going to be like so-so or whatever. We stopped yeah. at this one, you know, because as you're, as you're driving up the mountain to wherever you want to kind of like, you know, hike and do whatever. Like there's these little places to stop. So you can get like a knickknack or whatever the fuck they sell or a map. And then there's like a food tr- food stand. And the dude makes it all there. So we had we had stopped on the way up and then we had stopped on the way back down. And then we're getting food from him. And I was like, yeah, man, we're just thinking of hanging out until uh, until this passes. And he goes, oh, you mean Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah. yeah. I was like, fuck. Uh, OK. I never yeah. felt more like a city, an idiot city person, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. And the other thing, too, is like, I guess there's people that are just used to it. Because when we were driving down, people were like whipping around. Like they, I, I don't know right. how they did it. I don't know if they just had a death wish or they were crazy, but you know, we were like taking our kind of like our time and yeah. they would just go and like go right know, around us. Yeah. And we have no frame of reference. Like, cause since we're not from that area, we don't know, like those people might've been crazy people. Yes. Or, or that might've been like what everybody does in that area. You have no yeah. idea. 
I can't even, I, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I, I'm like a, I, I speed when I drive. Like, you know, I remember my driving instructor back in the day used to call me Mario Andretti because I would go like, you know, I would I say, he's like, you have a lead, he's this old Italian man. He's like, you have a lead foot. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like, even that kind of shit, like I would not, I, I, I would not whip around that mountainside. I would rather I get out. Yeah, I love the, having a really heavy accented Italian uh, driving teacher. That's great. Was that yeah. New Jersey or? New Jersey, yeah. Yeah. Yep, he was a little. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, <laughs> give you a slap. <laughs> exactly. Slow it down, man. Hey, what's the matter with you? Yeah, what are you no know one is that neither one of us had any problem doing an Italian accent at the drop of a hat. But I was like, "Ooh, Indian, can I do it? I don't know if I'm gonna get right. in, in my head." I'm like, "This is gonna be the show of accents. I can't wait to see how many people." Oh God, yeah, but yeah, he was he was a fucking cool dude. My favorite Italian accent of all time is Roberto Benini. Oh, because yeah. it's so big and just full of life, you know. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's just like because <laughs> the Italian accent is already big, but yeah. he like yeah. he make takes it to ten. It's so great. He was the last guy to genuinely be happy about getting an Oscar. Like, yeah, right. Have you seen anybody else stand on the seats and like be surprised they got yeah. it and make out with Halle Berry and shit? No. No, they're slapping Chris Rock. They're fucking, you know, they're, they got a face on the whole time. They think they I love that it. guy. He's, yeah, he's a, great. And he's funny. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you remember, uh, he used to go on David Letterman when, yeah, uh, back in the day. And every time he would just take the studio over and just like yeah. climb over the seats and hug people in the audience. And it was yeah. crazy. Whatever. Is he still acting? Um, I hope so. I don't yeah, know. That's a good question. I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. There was a lot of guys okay. like that who were like kind of just full of life and 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 boisterous, and you would think, man, this guy's gonna work forever, and then you look, <laughs> you never fucking see him. Maybe he lost. He lost his will. He lost. Maybe he needs us to send him a nice note. <laughs> we'll just send them his a, a clip of us doing his accent. And he'll be like, I am never coming back. <laughs> that, that puts him over the edge. And yeah, that, like, yeah. I will never be happy again. Yeah, or maybe he saw Chris Pratt, Pratt got the Mario movie, and he was like, "I fucking could give up. <laughs> yeah. No more. No more. Quadetta. <laughs> yeah, this is the last straw. Oh man. Oh god. Yeah, it is weird, man. I do you have like a a, a like a guy who like you wish you were as far as like. Yeah, like 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 a movie star that you were like, God damn man, that guy's got the career I want. Yeah, I do. Um, and this motherfucker <laughs> is named Sam Shepard. Oh, that motherfucker! Yeah. I hate this guy because uh, he hits all the boxes of what I really admire. Because mm. he's a really well-respected avant-garde playwright, right? Yeah. That's first. Yeah, that's one. He is a very handsome man, mm -hmm. luxurious hair. Yes. He's dead now. We can talk about him like this. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. We can totally objectify the shit. Um, he was married to, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, I'm blanking one of my on favorite her. actresses of all time. Yeah. Blanking on her name, but I was always had a crush on her. Um, I don't think they, I think they divorced at some point. Uh, Lang, what's her name? uh jones something jones jessica lang jessica lang Lang, yeah sorry um and he's a really good actor yeah and he was in some really cool movies and played he played chuck yeager in the right uh, yeah so yeah i always wanted yeah. to be him and i hate him he was great man he was always he had, he had like a, a kind of look 
like a cross between like a Dennis Leary, Willem Dafoe type of like, Ed, you yeah. know what I mean? Ed, like, he had like all these great, like, like awesome stern look. Kind of I can't guy. even hear you talk about him anymore. It's just I'm too sorry. much. Yeah, it's too much. It's too, right. much. It's too much. But he was, a, he was a cool dude. Yeah, he was great. You have things like, I have some things like, you know how you admire a lot of people. and uh, But then there's certain ones that it goes beyond admiration and it turns into a little psychosis of, no, I want, I like, I wanted to be in the Beatles. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I want to be a Beatle. I don't just want to enjoy their, you know, be a fan. And the same with Monty Python. Like I want to, I want to be in Monty Python. Yeah. It's too late. It was another time. I there was I was a baby, but yeah. it can work on your brain. I have that for a few. Yeah, I have that for I think for a few different types of categories. Like I have decades that I I would I don't even want to like kind of absorb the clothing or the style or whatever it is i want to fucking be there i want to get in a time yeah. and i want to go live and experience what everybody else in the decade I feel the same way when i was a kid i wanted to be a cartoonist and or a comedian it was one or the other i do, i know i didn't want to make any money but i just didn't know how i wanted to not make any money so i was like <laughs> you know so but the cartooning thing i really i love drawing and i love doing all that kind of shit but i really wanted to make peanuts you know what i mean like i didn't just want to kind of draw my own cartoon I wanted to yeah. be the guy who knew those characters like the back of his fucking hand. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Well, that's oh. the power of like really good artists. Yeah. You know, they it it goes beyond. Um, I read this book called If You Wanna Write by Brenda Euland, and it's mm -hmm. an old timey book. It's like a hundred years old. But she she had this theory that um, good art is you can compare it to infection it infects you, you know, it's like you've caught something. Mm -hmm. And I always took that with me. It's like, Oh my God, that's the best description of what good art does. Cause yeah. now you have, you have it. Yes. You have a starry night. Absolutely. You know? He's yeah. given it to you and it's inside you and now you have it. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird to me too. Like all those things last the test of time in ways that you, that we probably can't even comprehend. Cause when you think about how long something like, you know, the peanuts cartoon characters have been around and how much they kind of, even like everybody can identify oh. with one of those dudes. They, they're never like you like they've been around forever. They're never probably going to go away. They've actually when you think about like they've kind of injected themselves into Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, it's all yeah. Christmas is mostly peanuts to me now. At this point. I don't even know Jesus is around. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, fucking every one of their personalities, like just take Snoopy. His personality is so clear to me. And you can almost. You can have feelings that are Snoopy ish. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can have Charlie Brown. Well, of course, Charlie Brown feelings. Oh, yeah. A lot. But... Oh, yeah. Everybody gets that football pulled away from them. Yeah, um, it's a such a great. And Lucy, you could be like, oh, my, and, you know, you're probably not proud of yourself if you have a Lucy moment. But yep. It happens. Absolutely. But sometimes you need a Lucy. Sometimes. Yeah. Iron fisted woman to take control and fucking tell you what's what. You got to let the pit bull out sometimes in yeah. your own personality. Absolutely. Um, and even yeah, I, I believe that art can affect people that way. And and I think that every artist is many. I, every person is a, like 20 people. Yeah. You know, just yeah. one thing. Hmm. And uh, it's weird when when worlds collide, you know, if you're one way with somebody. You ever have that moment like you you see somebody from work or something and you're in a different situation? It's like, whoa, my personality is totally wrong right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to switch who I am for yeah. this other person because the context is all wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And it's a it's it's a weird thing because it's like you have all your that's a great way to put it, by the way. You have 20 different personalities or people or whatever, because it's like uh, as soon as this group meets this group and this group knows you this way and this group knows you this way, you're like, I don't know who to be right now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck. Do yeah. I, you know, one of them is going to be disappointed and I don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. There was a great line in uh, this book called Mysteries of Pittsburgh by Michael Chabon. It was like one of his first ones. He did Cav Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. And oh, nice. He won a Pulitzer for that. But uh, nice. uh, it was something like he was he was visiting someone where they worked, and there was a, a kindly lady working with him. And the character in that moment uh, decided to be a, a vuncular, you know, happy-go-lucky guy. You know what I mean? You just yeah. kind, of, kind of cast yourself, you yeah. know, I'm going to be this guy for this person right now, you know? Right. That's why actors are crazy. We yeah. have all these <laughs> characters. Who it are makes, we? It makes you better. Like, I, I I, was thinking, like, when I used to work a day job and one of my friends would come in or even if somebody who saw me do comedy or whatever. But would you ever do this thing where, like, when, when somebody really saw you, who you were, and then, like, you were pretending to be, like, a normal human being, you just shook the normal side of you completely and you were just like hey and you started to act like you normally like you forget completely where you're yeah. supposed to be i love those moments because that feels yeah. like a jailbreak yeah where you're just like oh fuck this guy's also, here yeah and also you realize oh my god because you can go for hours and days and weeks and years maybe mm -hmm. in a in a rut of a personality that's not really you yeah and you're just doing it to get by right. and it's good to have those cracks in the in the facade yeah you know, absolutely totally agree man and that's speaking of iconic stuff i mean you got to work with another group of of uh creatives and and basically a dynasty almost at this point i i feel like or i feel that's a great way to put it i don't know but but like but with the muppets and stuff like that like that's that's something that stands the test of time and kind of lasted yeah you know, to the to the point yeah. where by the way i feel like their fans are even more rabid when it comes to like if it's not exactly what they remember and who they, if the Muppets are not true to themselves, mm, in a, in a particular tough, thing, yeah. they're like, what the fuck is this? Shit? You know, it's it's, hard, it's, yeah. And they, you know, when Jim Henson died, of course, he did half of those iconic characters along with Frank Oz. Right. So they were in the tough position of, you know, trying to recast these people. Yep. But they've got some guys now. I can't remember the guy's name is doing Kermit right now. No, I forget his name. So too. I remember the other guy that they fired. Oh yes, um, Whitmire. I think was playing him long for a time. long time. Yeah, see what. Um, but the new guy is pretty good. He's good, right? The he's, new he's guy's good. very good. And I'm yeah. sorry, I can't remember his name, but I know. Um, Blanket on it. Yeah, and he's. He was talking. I read an interview with him recently where he said, you know, like in the beginning, he was trying to get his footing, and then he was kind of going through his process of like really kind of feeling comfortable and nailing Kermit pretty well. And he, yeah, it's there, man. Because, I mean, the, Jim always said that Kermit was kind of his soul in a way. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was one of the, we all have those characters that we can just do so easily. And, you know, when we're joking around with friends, we fall back into this character. And I think that was one of his, you know. Yeah. So it's tough to come in and try to capture that. Sure. Yeah. And probably because it's like, how I wonder how much of their own personality when you're doing a character like that you get to put into it. Or if you're just trying to be Jim's alter ego the, the entire time you know it's, that's a tough one you know but yeah. maybe you know if you do some of the like we were talking about 
how you're infected with art, you know, you're and these personalities kind of, you know, Snoopy is within us all, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you just absorb it enough. It Ooh. seems like he's absorbed it enough that he can sort of do it, you know? Yeah. And not to even, I'm not trying to even play them against each other, but I think he's even gotten Kermit's kind of um, tone, like mellowness or whatever, better than maybe Whitmire. Did, or, or I don't know what the direction was. This one I think is Matt Vogel, by the way. I checked it. Matt Vogel, that's yeah. it. Yep, yeah, that's it. Matt, I think Matt's kind of like, because it, it seems to be almost more Jim Henson-esque where Kermit's the center and the bit of the straight man and then kind of goofy from time right. to time. Like, I think he does the centered thing a lot better yeah. you know what i mean and you know everyone's probably gonna pull off different aspects of kermit you know depending mm -hmm. on what they you know it's it's yeah I, I could never do it i i i can't do other people's <laughs> yeah it's weird well it's really it's it's kind of, i'm not a great impressionist you know mm -hmm. um yeah. uh it's almost like you know what it is it's like the looney tunes have that same kind of effect too man where they've tried to you know reboot them over the years and get everybody but but it's hard because like even that recent space jam film uh i'm gonna shit on it but uh but but it was like but i you know i mean it's for kids so yeah. it doesn't really matter you know whatever whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen it doesn't really matter but it's like yeah they don't have the character they don't have the heart and soul of those characters right because all those dudes who made it back in the day were just trying to make each other laugh yeah so it's and like how do you you know how do you recreate that it's impossible to kind of recreate soulful moments like yeah i mean yeah you can do your own you know but sure. when it's yeah and, and I, mel and blank it's unbelievable so. oh i know mel blank is we we just had billy west on the show he was talking about me he got to meet mel blank and kind of talk to you know him and obviously billy west has done like another man of a thousand voices type of thing but yeah. he's kind of talking about doing that whole taking over somebody's character for a little bit and trying as much as possible to do them justice while giving them their own spin so yeah i mean my hat's off to anybody who can attempt yeah. something like that and it's... you get to create though new characters like so, so I'm, i might i might be wrong by the way but i'm not 100 because i i'm um there was a guy that i had met with who works under brian henson um vince i believe or whatever and they, and they were just talking about puppet up and yeah. how it kind of came to be and uh and basically that they had tried it at one point with actual puppeteers but they didn't have the improv skills to do it. So then they hired improv guys like yourself to come in. Is that how you, was that like a, like, you know, like they, they blew yeah. a conch shell for improvs and you guys just came out of the woodwork yeah, to save I, the day? Well, I don't know about that, but. Um, <laughs> That's uh, how I'm telling it. <laughs> it is true that uh, they were looking to maybe train improvisers to puppeteer instead of training puppeteers to improvise. You know, uh, right. there's, there's a certain percentage of the, puppeteers who could do it they could do improv they were you know and and they're in the puppet up and they've right. done really well uh so i was learning how to you know do the damn eye line with the puppets you know and stuff like that right and it's very difficult what people don't realize is uh when you're doing it's all monitor work so the puppets up here you have a monitor right here, just a TV screen. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking up at your puppet. You're looking at the TV screen. You're seeing what the audience sees. Nice. And it's backwards. So if you move your hand right, it goes left. You move your hand left, it goes right. right. Um, and that weeds out a lot of people right away because it's a mind fuck. And yeah. it ends up just looking like a wonky mess. You Jesus. know? We'd be fucked, Tom, because we keep going. My, I'm like, Tom over here right? just got, uh, you know, oh like, fuck. Which, which way? <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I got good enough because 
I feel like you guys ever see Amadeus? Yeah. Uh, you know, Salieri, uh, of course. I feel like the Salieri of puppeteering because <laughs> I feel like I'm good enough that I can get by and I can I realize the genius in other puppeteers. Like I am good enough oh, that yeah. I can recognize when somebody's done something that's Great. genius with puppeteering. But I'm not necessarily good enough to do that myself. Gotcha. But I come from improv, so my I guess if I can pull off the puppeteering and get my improv into the scene, then I feel like I've done my job, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Is it totally free form? I mean, like how structured can because you've got obviously a limitation of what you where you can move, right? On the as far as well, your monitor is and stuff, but like how I mean, just imagine where uh, you know. We have the screens, right? And sure. we can do puppets here. Yeah. And the audience, because it's live, they can see everything that's going on underneath. Right. Uh, but they also have the screens that are cut off here that's kind of projected up on the walls there. Right. So it's like two shows in one that is one of their marketing things. So yeah, you, can awesome. see, you can see what the puppet show would look like if it were Sesame Street or if it were whatever. But right. then you can also see us hustling underneath and trying to grab rods and bumping into each other and stuff. So it's kind of cool to watch That's us awesome. underneath everything, you know, because you always imagine what the fuck is going on with those guys that are under all these puppets. And yeah, the yeah. honest truth is a lot of times they're just crammed under a cabinet, you know, like sure. trying, <laughs> trying not to get a cramp or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's the creative process like in general with that kind of thing? Do you how much input do you kind of have over the show and what you guys are doing? Me personally, not much. I mean, we workshop improv uh, scenarios and sketches. So okay. once in a while, I'll be like, "Oh, what about this improv?" Uh, mm -hmm. You know, thing. Because I came from the Groundlings. Like I was just watching John Starks, and we come uh, from a similar background. Yeah, he's great. Of, uh, groundlings and improvers and stuff like that so we have all we know all these uh like improv scenarios and structures and stuff like that right um but it's really the brainchild of like brian henson who's the son of jim yeah patrick bristow who's the director um of it and as those two those two guys got together i think what happened was uh brian was like you know he was around when his dad and frank oz were messing around you know on the yeah. set Stuff. and it was very loose and had a feeling of flow and improv and he he was like well, maybe that's we need some of that today you know in our puppeteers mm -hmm. get them loose get them free-flowing and so he thought he'd uh, bring in patrick who's a great improv teacher to teach improv to his puppeteers and so they did that they just set up a regular class for his puppeteers but they realized oh my god this is hilarious uh and then they fashioned it slowly into a show and they went to the aspen comedy uh, you know, uh, what's it called? The Aspen Comedy Comedy Festival. Festival, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a big hit there, and then nice fashioned it from there. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've I've seen those videos. It's like the SNL except puppets too. Yeah, um, it's I've seen those um, uh, old uh, old tapes of like uh, Jim and Frank Oz kind of going out on the road as Fozzie and Kermit and trying to like it, like like they're like improvising with cattle. Like they're just kind of yeah, those yeah. characters off the top of their head and kind of fucking around and it's incredible man it's exciting to see yeah yeah and it lends itself to that once you get the basics of puppeteering and you get the eye line and mm -hmm. stuff that's really important so that your puppet looks like it's looking at the other puppet instead of right. off in space or something like that yeah. then it becomes an improv scene because it's two actors connecting with each other right <laughs> 
that are puppets, you know? That's great. Um, it's a weird, it's a trippy thing. Once it's, once it's uh, really connecting and working, it's, it's like meta acting, uh, you know, it's, and you really got to listen. Like one of the big rules in improv is of course you have to listen, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, you realize when you're puppeteering, how much of listening is reading lips and looking at the person's face yeah. and you don't have any of that. So you have to just really listen and look at that puppet. What is he <laughs> trying to say to me, you know, and then respond. Wow. Um, so it increases your improv skills too. doing it with puppets. I highly recommend it. Have you stolen a puppet yet? Have I what? Stolen a puppet yet. Stolen a puppet? <laughs> yeah. I bought a stupid puppet. Oh, you bought one. All right. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. not good. It's not a great puppet. It's a practice. Call it a pra- they literally call it a practice puppet. How about if you, pulled, how about if you pulled out the old Kermit from like 1970 <laughs> yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't tell, don't tell Brian. <laughs> yeah. There's I no know. way you could get away with Kermit. You'd have to take like the old beaker. Like, yeah. Maybe a beaker. He's sitting on a shelf. Or, Kermit uh, gets looked at. Or Crazy Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be well, great. Yeah, we don't even work with those puppets. Like, but I'm working with Henson. Uh, he sold the Muppets to Disney. So Yeah, I know crazy you know it, that that's got to be kind of crazy and heartbreaking but also just like eh, i guess you know whatever well it's kind of like george lucas sort of feeling of i need a company to keep this going yeah you know who can do it um disney sort of feeling yeah disney's got to i can't wait for the uh uh you know animal versus hulk crossover that they're gonna work on <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a yeah, great one are the muppets in the mcu now yeah. that, <laughs> I, guess, all... I guess it's all canon now i have no all canon. yeah that's gotta be weird is the muppets take manhattan canon now <laughs> <laughs> what's the timeline like i mean when darth vader yeah. actually builds the what are the muppets doing <laughs> that's what people need to figure out yeah um how does it tie into the mandalorian right Oh, yeah you know what i like i like too is that um well actually no i want to get into before i get into what i like because nobody gives a shit what uh, when you said you started in the groundlings but what was was improv your first choice as far as the performing arts getting into that yeah when you were younger it was it was yeah even in college i read a book called something wonderful right away which is about the compass players and the second city players in the 1950s kind of coming up with him and i was just fascinated by it Wow. Um, and kind of nerdy and kind of quiet and introverted to, an, a, 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 you know, I came from Ohio, very quiet, Amish sort of family, <laughs> not Amish, <laughs> uh, uh, very quiet sort of upbringing. I and, literally, my stomach kind of dropped when you were, I was like, oh, fuck, I, I, I fucked up. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Um, but we were, we did see Amish people. Um, and uh, yeah, and I realized you know, I got to do something about this uh, shyness. And uh, so I started taking, uh, when I moved to LA, it was like an idea of just doing something creative. I didn't know what it was like you, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know there's a way for me not to make too much money in some particular uh, creative <laughs> endeavor. And uh, improv, there was like an improv theater uh, on the third street promenade in Santa Monica called the upfront comedy theater. And there was a guy out front kind of busking and trying to get people into the show named Arthur Arthur Gorman, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, he talked me into taking a class. And uh, it was with people who were uh, members of the Second City and that kind of thing. 
Um, Jane Morris, Jeff Melchowski were members. Oh, Jane and Jeff. I love Jane and Jeff. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had them on the yeah, show. Absolutely, yeah. I had them on the show. and They were really oh, nice wow. to me when I moved out to L.A. Yeah, Bill had hooked me up with them, and yeah, I got to right. do stand-up there, and they introduced me to everybody, fucking Rick Overton and uh, Jonathan Starr and Jay Kogan and all those guys. Yeah, well, Jane was my first improv teacher. Oh, my God. And so she great. was getting this shy kid from the Midwest – and just trying to bring them out, trying to bring them out, you know, get them to do emotions, get them to do characters, bring them out of his shell. So it gave me a focus as far as being an actor and a, a bit of a career, but it also helped me personally just uh, to be less introverted and less closed in on, on myself. And as you know, I was reminded of that as we were in like our second year of COVID lockdown, I was like, I got to go do improv. I'm going fucking crazy i don't know you know <laughs> yeah um it was kind of crazy for i mean yeah. it, it got to the point where everybody was like ah, oh, this is kind of nice you know i mean in spite of all the bad shit but they were like you know what i can stay inside and fucking hang, hang out for a few yeah. months and you I, know I, I did that for a while but yeah. then there was a point where it's like mm -hmm. uh-uh this is yep. i need to go i need i don't care who i kill on this rampage <laughs> of getting out there whatever uh, that's great that you're like i don't care who i kill and then you literally start murdering people and you're like is that well, how we're all <laughs> i thought you meant you didn't want to give them the virus no yeah, I, yeah. no I, no you were just <laughs> snapping necks yeah um it's fucking hilarious man yeah it is kind of crazy and we were talking about it a little bit before too but it's like it, we've incorporated more work for ourselves by like adapting the digital shit so quickly and being like this is our saving grace and it's so nice to yeah. see other people i haven't seen in forever and then now that it's kind of going back out of the real world they're just like no 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 you have more work now they're gonna, yeah. we're gonna add this to your yeah. fucking list of yeah. shit that you gotta do yeah yeah do all that stuff you're doing with the zoom and then also do all the other stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's um, fucking ridiculous but well that's cool man so you didn't so then you kind of got into that do you remember your first like moment of making money at it or like going out on tour with a group or any kind of like the first thing i ever auditioned for i got holy shit wow. yeah uh you know, maybe beginner's luck, but it was a movie called uh, And God Spoke, which mm. was a mockumentary about the making of a biblical film. Um, and uh, it had a, it was like, it was funny and it got a little bit of a release. So I, I felt like a star um, on this film. It was like the tiniest budget. I think I was making $50 a day. Wow. And to give you an idea of my life then, I thought that was great. Like right. I was really like living. Not gonna lie to you, I kind of perked up for a second there too. I was like, "Tell me more about this fifty dollars a day you speak of." <laughs> Even now, that's not bad. No, uh, that was the first thing I ever auditioned for, uh, and I just did a character and played this dumb uh, PA on the set. And I met Michael Hitchcock on that film. Oh, nice. Uh, he was on that film, and uh, ended up renting a room in his. Uh, condo which was great sweet because uh, i needed a place to live yeah, um, yeah. But that was like my first and it was kind of downhill from there uh, <laughs> uh but i think people have uh you, there's a power in doing something for the first time that you don't capture of course i thought yeah. oh this is easy being an actor is easy you just get every part right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of when I the first time I ever did stand up, I did really well. 
Yeah. I was like, this is great. And I immediately cockily booked like, you know, several other, which is what you do anyway. But like yeah. the next gig, they were like, oh, can you do 15 minutes? I'm like, can I? And then I bombed. Yeah. <laughs> like the next night. And I was like, oh no, I thought it was going to go great. Um, but yeah. Stand up is so hard. I've tried to do stand up. Um, oh, yeah. But I feel like I need 10 more years of failing to get good at it. Yeah, um, man, it's rough. But you but you've got the improv skills to survive on stage. That's like half the you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's funny. I there was a guy on um, I was on a show in in California. Can't remember where, but it was like a, almost like a variety thing. So there were improv guys going mm -hmm. up, stand ups going up. And uh, I'd walked in the room just to kind of see who was on before I went on. And the guy that was on was just this improv guy. And he was doing a lot of fun stuff. And as I walked in, he like he was like, all right, you're up with me. You know, you're up with me next or whatever. And I didn't want to fuck him up and be like, oh, no, I'm just one of the performers. So I like went on stage and I did everything that we were going to do. It was funny. We got laughs. And then uh, I get off stage and he's just I'm just kind of sitting there and he goes, uh, he goes, are you because you are you one of the comics? And I go, yeah. And he goes, you had way too much confidence up here. He goes, I was like, he's like, I should have known because you're way too assured. And I was yeah. just like, but I liked it was kind of funny how like other performers can kind of tell like yeah. just from like they're not getting you, you're not you're not uneasy. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. But it is weird because I feel like that's yeah. half the battle, man. You got the whole, you know, you you've been on stage before. Thank you. But yeah, I did have it's yeah, it is a w different thing though. Stand up and improv are yeah. The first problem I had was uh, my focus because usually in an improv scene, your focus is the other actor, but it was just yeah. this black audience and not. <laughs> Timestamp, that's getting clipped. <laughs> yeah, clip that out. I meant I a, dark, a dark theater of people. That's what I meant. Oh, man. I, had a, I almost spit. That was great. Almost a legitimate spit take. You just got. I was either like, I'm mean, like, I'm choking, or every every no, piece of equipment. No I way, man. Oh, that was fucking great. That'll haunt me forever. No, <laughs> no but no I, way, I, know what you mean. I don't. You know, and people are just laugh, like asking me, "Did you? What did you mean by?" It's like I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> you got a letter from the Henson Company. They're like, "Do not come into work." Yeah. Um, oh, guys, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He led me into it. It was. It was I a don't know. Um, I'll take the blame. It's fine. I'm not smart enough to live in this present moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I come from the '90s. We were stupid. Yeah, no, I get yep. it. Um, do you? Do you ever been to Improv Boston in 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 Boston? <laughs> Did I what? Did you ever been to this place called Improv Boston? And it's in. Bo I was going to say in Boston. I have not. No, I have not. Such a dude, it was one of those places that like was just so f just genuinely comedy friendly. Like whenever I was doing the clubs in Boston, I would go, they would allow me to go to their their improv theater and do stand-up because they loved stand-ups and they loved having stand-ups there. And the audience really liked it too, because they were just a comedy audience. But yeah. it was like this combination, like they would they would go on with a show and then like have a stand-up come in in the middle and like yeah. do some do some time. And then the um guys who were doing improv would like interview the comedian. And then at the end, they would have them come back on with them and fuck around. I got to go back up with them and, and do some shit. And it was like, I forgot I was, they're, they're all so amazing. All the improv guys are so quick and so fast. And, you know, they're all used to working as a team. And I'm just this schmuck who's used to being alone on stage. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. Dude. I mean, like they're, they're playing this, you know, they describe the game that they're playing in like 10 seconds. Yeah. I've never felt like more of a moron. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Where I'm just like, yeah. but, but once I look like they, they left, they were very, everybody's very generous. So like, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then like, by like the time it was almost like wrapping up, I'm like, I think I finally got it. And they're like, we got to get off stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, no, but it was so much fun, man. Everybody. Yeah. Was- the culture of improvers is pretty good. They're pretty nice people. Yeah. You know, that and that generosity is kind of baked into good improv. So yeah. if, if you set somebody up, you make somebody look good, you look good. So yeah. um, I guess, although I hear stand-ups are pretty supportive of each other, but it's definitely a, a thing where you're just on your own and you're facing the demons of, is the audience connecting with me? I guess the audience is your partner in stand-up. Yeah, partner, enemy, dueling partner. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of roles the audience can play when you're a stand-up and you, and you hope they're on your side. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's crazy when you're, I don't know if it's the same way with uh, improv guys, but like uh, when you're younger and you're doing stand-up, you kind of have to learn that the audience is rooting for you. Like, yeah. A, that's a thing that a lot of guys have to get out of their head immediately because I've seen a lot of dudes create enemies out of the audience before yeah. going up and i'm like dude they're not yeah i never understood that and also yeah. like if if it's not going well don't turn on the audience you know <laughs> right the, and it, and the thing that really has always surprised me is when there was a small crowd mm-hmm. they would make fun of the fact that there's a small crowd it's like well these are the people that showed up i mean yeah. don't punish yeah. them i know yeah it's so it's because it's, it's, all that is is riddled with insecurity when you can go yeah i've had i've had a shit ton of fun and continue to do so with small crowds uh but like but no but i mean like sometimes it's like 12 people in a room and you're like oh this is this is beautiful like there's a lot of fun because it's if they're yeah. laughing it's the same yeah well it just can't be a thing where that's bad or wrong or right. the way it's supposed to be it's like well where do we go from there Worse than that is having your, I don't know, again, like an improv is probably more supportive, but having your peers just in a room, like I, I do not miss doing yeah. all the like days when you're like yeah. going on in front of 15 other comedians who hate you. Yeah. Or yeah. looking at the notes, you know, they're looking at what they're going to do and. Yeah. Or then leave right after that set's done and you're like, really yeah. guy? Well, you yeah, do that. Exactly. You're like, fuck man, that is hard. Terrible. Yeah. I know. It's hard. Yeah. We should pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> uh yeah that's uh that's enough of that going around um <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's like i like i like the kind of shared experience i kind of wish there was more variety shit going on too because i miss i mean improv boston i think closed and right. that was always like a lot of fun because i like kind of hanging out with other performers and getting to do that shit yeah the the whole idea of a variety show uh, i think it's still a good idea you know yeah. um they should, and you know, comedy kind of came from that. It came from vaudeville, a lot of it, yeah. stand up, certainly. Um, and it was like, you know, there was this kind of act, there was this kind of act, and then there was a stand up or something. Yeah, we're trying to do something like I want to do, um, dystop- we're doing two dystopian tonight lives, um, uh, in Asbury Park at a Wonder Bar, and we're doing another one oh. in DC. Kind of want to do the same kind of element thing where it's like, I just, wanted to have like a musician at the end of it comedian and then like mm-hmm. you know hosting it or whatever would be a lot of like tom and i would do the hosting I thing feel and like then a puppeteer might be really fun too it i have would a friend be. that's a I puppeteer mean, in jersey yeah puppeteer. yeah you know i mean that's another thing too you're not gonna fly in to do a gig in jersey but when we come out to california man I mean, we'll come out yeah, yeah, man. Joke. that would be cool. uh, i warn you though i'm not a ventriloquist so no the magic of uh, henson style puppeteering is really in the camera because yeah. uh if you don't have a camera and it's just live, it's just a fucking guy with a puppet next to him, and he's you can see his mouth move. 
You know what I mean? It's like, this isn't that great. I can see the fucking guy's mouth move. I know it's him. You know? Right. But you know what would be so, cool? Is if we just that. wheeled out a TV. And then yeah, <laughs> if you have... Yeah. If you have it like that, like a set, and and I can be hidden somewhere, it could yeah. work, you know. Absolutely, I have cool. done that. We'll get but the fun like just standing there, like, hey, here comes Ted with his puppet, and I'm just there. <laughs> that worked as well. The worst you introduction. To, here comes Ted with his puppet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this fucking guy. It, it's uh, worked. It's yeah. Worked. You know, Tim uh, Henson used to go on the Tonight Show and stuff. So you can. Oh, do. that was. Yeah, True. man, those were cool clips too, man. When he was there with uh, like Rolf the dog and shit, and he had that whole apparatus, you know. Yeah. Like, but it was funny too because all the hosts would talk directly at the. At yeah. The, when he would, no they would forget that there's nobody home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so fucking good. Yeah, when I'm um, at a, sometimes on a gig like a puppeteering gig, and you're performing with humans. You know, you'll be, uh, you know, doing the puppet with the, we'll be acting with the human and then cut and then we're kind of resting. And the performer is always like, who the fuck is this guy? And they want to talk to the puppet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, when's lunch? It's like, they're asking the puppet when lunch is. It's like, <laughs> as a person. Oh, that's yeah. so great. That is so great. Um, well, tell me about uh, Tango Born McClinty, man. I want to cover, you know, that kind of stuff because that's your first directorial debut, and you and you wrote it as well. Yeah, as I did. Well, my idea was I want to write something that will won't cost any money to uh, make. Nice. That was my goal, and uh, I almost did it. I had to do a uh, fundraising thing, an Indiegogo thing, and raise a little because it turns out there's no such thing as a movie for free. <laughs> as you right, guys, right, right. there's nothing is for free. I feel like the only thing you could write that's not going to cost you anything that you can make is probably like a recipe with whatever's left over. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Catch up. But it was very low budget, and it's a science fiction comedy absurdist thing. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of inspired by things that aren't popular now, but in the 80s, there was a kind of cult film thing mm -hmm. of kind of really, uh, uh, I would say, maybe offensive type film, films that were trying to offend you maybe a little i was like sure. trying to be anti-pc in a time where everyone wants to be pc <laughs> so right. it was a little bit offensive a little bit out there and weird and uh it's called tango born men clinty and it's on amazon prime it won best science fiction film at the uh midwest weird fest Ooh. so that's kind of the niche that it's done well in is like genre uh festivals it's done good in where, you know, people are looking for something that is so not Hollywood that it's nuts, you know, and right. that's what I was going for. And it's like, it's kind of an ex uh, art film as well, because it's all from the perspective of one character. So it's uh, all first person movie. Um, but it's funny. It's just a funny, stupid film. It's got kind of like, uh, I, I mean, it may be off, but it's got kind of like an Eraserhead vibe almost where it's like that kind of an art film. You know what I mean? A like, little bit. Yeah. Like if, let's say, Repo Man was one, another influence. And that's uh, true, yeah. You know, just where characters are fucked up and horrible yeah. things are happening every everywhere. But it's also very funny. I always love mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. There's there we the, go. And that's Andrew Friedman as the main character. Amazing. Uh, so the basic, the nuts and uh, the, the synopsis is uh, the earth is destroying itself as we are. Mm -hmm. um, the aliens have, have a book of wisdom that if we read it and take it to heart, we'll save our planet. 
The Ooh. catch is that they can't just give it to us. They can't. We can't think it's coming from aliens, or we won't accept the wisdom. <laughs> we have to think it's coming from one of our own. So they create a fake human to pose as the writer of this book of wisdom that will save the planet. And his name is Tango Born Menclenty because they're aliens and they don't know what a human name should be. So they named him this weird fucking thing. Um, and I play the narrator who is basically the alien coaching Tango Born Menclenty on how to pose as the uh, writer of this book of wisdom. That's great. Uh, and craziness ensues. That's fucking and awesome, man. The planet may or may not survive the end of the movie. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> tune in. No, I tune love in. that, dude. Um, well, I want to think. Platform, too. Is that oh, was Amazon Prime. Amazon um, Prime. Yeah. There we go. Just to let everybody know that's out there watching. We can catch it on Amazon it's, Prime. Now. Yeah. It's T A. It's so weird. The name is so fucking weird. I'm so sorry. It's a cool ass name, though. That's like a Hunter S. Thompson kind of like cool ass name. You know what I mean? That's a great name. I, I appreciate that, but it is so hard to remember. Uh, D-A-N-G-O-B-O-R-N-M-E-N-C-L-E-N-T-Y. Thank you. There we go. Thank Dango you. Borman Clinton. Fucking awesome. Um, and what did you even come up with, Tango Borman Clinton? I just made it up. Oh, the, the, yeah, during the movie, you realize why he's named that because the aliens have fucked up the uh, research department, has fucked up its research on the Earth. And mm -hmm. so he's given all this bad information, including a name that makes no sense. That's great. Um, yeah. Very cool, man. And they don't even know how to disseminate the book. They're like, I guess we go to publishers. I don't know. And, <laughs> uh, and it kind of becomes a mirror of me, tra uh, my travails trying to get published in america i wrote a novel too i like everybody but uh, you know you try to send things to publishers and all that yeah. not ball stuff so right. yeah That's Lindsay fantastic. said it sounds a bit irish i'm a bit irish <laughs> there you go. I, I, she meant that as a compliment by the way i love that I'm, I'm, yeah. i i've been to ireland and i i wish i would live there i, I wish it. i could go to I, I haven't been to ireland yet but i've always wanted to go because it just looks beautiful You'll say the same thing. I mean, I have a phone and I took tons of pictures. Um, I have a phone. That was I that. humble brag. I have this. I have, I have something called a phone. Uh, I don't want to. Anyway. Uh, I don't blow anybody's I mind, but I've been taking uh, my phone. Uh, John, it allows me to take pictures. So I don't know. <laughs> I've already lost you. But uh, I took tons of pictures on my trip to iron and it's like gray 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 and then you scroll down and green like just emerald green is my trip to ireland wow so nice. fucking awesome man yeah so. that i'd like to go to and um new zealand another place yep. i want to go uh, i think i wanted to live there during covid because their president was fucking awesome so i was just like who do i have to fuck to get into new zealand <laughs> Yeah. Like, who do I have to probably marry? a New Zealand woman? You can probably that would be the way to become a citizen. Good. I didn't know if it was a politician or I mean you can't I mean, I'm at, like that's a nice nice trick, Tom. You're just gonna get me to fuck some random commoner <laughs> in New Zealand for the hell of it. I'm like, well, and now they'll, if they ever find this podcast, they're gonna be like, hey, <laughs> am I that person? I'm ah. That's how we were in love. <laughs> he just wanted his green card. Oh, man. oh God. Shoot. Well, anyway. 
yeah um well dude thank you so i, I fucking hour blew by man so i just want to thank you for coming on one but i gotta ask you the big three that we ask every guest so okay here we go uh first question if you go back in time and talk to your younger self what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today uh be patient oh good advice younger would you would you were you like wildly impatient about like career stuff i this i am impatient right now i'm almost like giving my <laughs> this is a five minute ago advice thing that i could give myself but yeah i was wildly impatient gotcha. um and now a little less so but i'm still too impatient i think all right cool um yeah me too i understand it uh and then so the second question is what had to end in your life good or bad that led you to where you are today what what was the first part? What had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Huh. What had to end? Fear. Always fear has to end. I mean, it doesn't have to end, but it you can't it can't rule you. Right. Or nothing you'll never do anything. You'll right. sit in an apartment, you know. Do you know what, what finally broke you of it? Like got you through well, it. Well, again, I I don't have I wish I had more like a screenplay plot point stuff for you, but no, it's no. always a process of, uh, I'm still working on fears. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to do that, you know, but I did have to force myself out and do take an improv class. And that was, I was petrified, mm. petrified. And I just forced myself to do it. Cool, I man. said, you need this. This is good for you. You should do this. And I was petrified for a year doing improv until i got comfortable oh that's cool dude oh, just living with fear <laughs> yeah um and the last question is tied into the show if this was a genuine dystopia and we had alien zombies you know a comet head toward earth the climate change whatever you want it to be uh what would be the epic way you would want to die how would you want to go out i'm the guy we we there's a cave we know that the, the mutants are in there. The medicine is in there in a bag. <laughs> Someone has to go in there and get that medicine. And I go, I'll be right back. Oh, and no. Walk into the cave and you just hear, ah, and then you see the bag flies out. Oh, beautiful. That's where you got that cool hat, man. That's like, that's a going to get medicine hat. It's going to get medicine, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, dude, I absolutely love talking to you, dude. I Can hope I you come back I grab on. just one question from the audience, too? Sorry, yeah, I wanted yeah. to wait until it was over. Yeah. But we have uh, Lindsay was actually asking, what would your ultimate pitch to Frank Oz be if he were still around? Frank Oz is still alive. I think he's still alive. He's, yeah. he's alive and well, man. He's doing good. Well, then yeah. what would you like to say to Frank Oz? I, maybe Jim Henson just tried to do, but what would your uh, video show be? I would not presume to pitch anything to Frank Oz, I think. But uh, let's see. What would I pitch to? Now I have to actually come up with a great idea for Frank Oz. Thank. This is the hardest question I've ever had in my life. Create a pitch instantly to, that Frank Oz would love. This is assuming that I have one in my back pocket. Elevator pitch Frank Oz. You've got only three floors. Go. I pop it and he's sad and then he gets happy. I don't know. Don't use that's dump it. Speak <laughs> of that, we didn't speak of dump it. That's a Sorry, John's movie. So sorry, <laughs> dump it. Oh, that's great. <sighs> oh, that's cool, man. That's a good question. I, for a second, there, she got me a little scared because I was like, this Hard Frank Oz today. Hard question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wait a second. 
She said, sorry, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, dude, thank you so much again for coming on, man. I hope you come back on with us soon. I'd love yeah. to, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. hang out in the back room. We'll be right we'll be with you. Yeah. Such a pleasure. Okay. Nice to meet you, man. Pleasure, yeah. Thanks. Thanks.